All right. I hate to do it, but we have to talk about self-sabotage today. I hate to do it. I really do. Look, I know that you're just out here trying to have fun. I know that, you know, you're trying to figure it out. But sometimes maybe we're trying a little bit too hard. Listen, this is a minds game. Okay. And you may or may not know, but things tend to move pretty quickly in the plane of the mind. Let me explain a little bit of how things work here. So now mind, we can relate to this lovely little element that we call air or, you know, this nice little um, field of, of, of nature that we call wind or atmosphere, but particularly air. Now, the reason this is coming up in conversation today is because it seems that we have a cheeky little demon running around inside our minds that is trying to oh, get you to slip up and just fuck up and it's over. It's done. You made a fool out of yourself. It's done. You will never achieve what you desired. It's done. You are an idiot. See? Yeah, you could have never amounted to anything anyway. You fucked up. You should have just, you know, sat there and ate your food and kept your mouth shut type of energy. Okay? Now, you see you see what we're dealing with. You see what we're working with here. There's, there's, a, there's a little voice, a cheeky little voice running around inside your head. And um, it can sometimes come out and it might have a tone like this. You know, it might be a little bit defensive, just a little bitchy might just have a little bit of a bite with it. Um, it might be a little bit astringent, just a little sour. You know, the words that, that it throws out there are intended to burn like acid. Um, but only, only with the premise that, you know, I know what I'm doing and I'm intending to make it sting like this in a way, right? Um, that's, that's what the voice assumes is that it knows what it's doing because this is the way that it takes control. Hello, my beautiful beings, infinite, holy divine waters flowing to and through you and with me too. I want to tune in and channel some, um, very wise beings that have walked this earth before me and beyond me and tuning into the forms that are present in our universe that can so guide us through a conversation here together. Now, I'm speaking, yes, about air, about the suit of spades or swords or what else are they? Spades, swords, yeah, I don't know. And we're talking about the five of swords in particular. The Five of Swords has been a cheeky little card that I tend to see quite often. Um, or at least I was seeing this card when I was at a time in my life where I was making a lot of very difficult decisions because it felt like no matter what I would do, I was going to quote-unquote offend somebody. I was either going to offend myself because I was not putting my goals, my priorities, my self-care and well-being first, or I was going to offend other people, um, specifically my family or my teachers, my professors, whomever, 
um, because I wasn't staying in line with, you know, what they were expecting of me. So that was the first time that this card had come up a couple years ago where it was blatant and in my face and it would not stop showing up because again, it would, it constantly felt that, you know, after making this big decision, which the decision was to take a break from school or at the time I thought I was dropping out, but you know, I had a year to, to be in my feels. Um, that decision felt like it was a harmful uh, decision to my parents, a harmful decision to, to people who were expecting better from me, right? So in that case, you know, um, the bite was external, right? But then on the other hand, I'm like, well, well, if I wasn't to do this for myself, I would be putting a wrench in my own growth. At least that's what it felt like. So... We're going to see where the conversation goes with this. And actually, we do have some elements that want to present themselves on the table here today. We have the feminine element of air showing herself the queen of spades, um, also known as the queen of swords, as I am reading these cards today. The queen of spades is somebody who intends to be very articulate with her words. She intends to cast her element in a way where she manipulates the outcome, or at least she's doing so with a keen awareness of what is to be expected from the outcome. She enjoys having the upper hand. Um, she enjoys having clarity of mind, knowing what is happening, knowing what the dealings are, right? Um, she very much is the representation of clear sight and clear perception sharp perception, acute perception, and in this case, an intuitive perception. The Queen of Swords can see beyond the boundaries of what is believed to be true, though she will not settle with flippant um, feelings or, or judgments of intuition that aren't grounded in some type of real fact-based truth or experience or memory so the queen of swords is also a great user of memory she uses her faculty of memory to make somewhat almost i don't want to say precognitive judgments but um uh preconceived if that's the right word or that's the right phrase preconceived um uh, experiences or intentions i like that little confirmation there's a sense of here with the queen being uh, inextricably linked with the, the, the oceans, the waters of the universe. She has a sense that must be communicated intelligibly. It is the intelligent communication of intuition. That is the queen of swords. So you might think that it's all magic, but truly there is reason behind it. Um, the queen of swords will look to communicate to you what that reason is, why she's landed upon this intuition, or to understand why it is that she is intuiting this in this particular way. So thank you, queen, for coming through with that extremely long narrative. Um, of yourself and of this suit, but you know, we wouldn't have it any other way. want to honor that. Now, next to this queen, we have two elements that apparently um, have something to do here with, again, this conversation of uh, defending oneself, um, 
in, in a little bit of a bitter or sharp way. So we have the Jack of Hearts, who I'm reading as the Knight of Cups. And we have the Ten of Diamonds, the Ten of Pentacles. And thinking about it now, these diamonds are a little bit, you know, diamonds are a little bit sharp. Diamonds are coarse, right? I love the Ten of Diamonds here as an analogy for the type of diamonds in general as um, the element of earth, um, just to clarify, and the cups here as well as the element of water. I love this idea of diamonds being forged under pressure, diamonds taking time to manifest as an individuated form, right? To be something different than, you know, the, the other material that surrounds them, the other geoforms or rocks that surround them. So here remembering that we are potentially dealing with a type of perception that that is very one very grounded in the material very grounded in the real right remembering again that the queen has her feet planted on the ground and she has incredible foresight and incredible judgment because she has incredible perception from the ground up right um from the ground up but as well I, I, that that type of process gives you a bird's eye view just to kind of play with the contrasts a little bit so I'm curious, this Knight of Cups is a little bit um, juxtaposed to this Queen of Swords. The Knight of Cups or the Jack of Cups will actually kind of work with its intuitive or work with its more um, uh, watery and flowery senses and appeal to the more flowery nature of intuition where perhaps you don't need all the technical terminology to understand why the mind is picking up on the energy of this space in a particular way or what particularities of of my memory are coming into light now meeting this new person and 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 reading this person in this way but the knight of cups and says wants to instead wants to appeal to the the more heart-centered um, space of sensation. You know, it's it, the Knight of Cups will pull a type of romance out of you or pull a type of um, uh, way of relating to you that, uh, that depends on some type of unspoken um, bond. There's some type of uh, attraction, right? Um, or, or it's seeking, you know, to amplify that attraction that you have to somebody in a manner that goes unspoken, um, in a manner that kind of is a little bit, it's a little bit hidden. And even now, you can tell the difference between me speaking about this very sublimated, um, watery energy versus how clear and direct the Queen of Swords was with her element. So that's another little bit about working with these cards that I enjoy is being able to empathize with the feeling and, and have that feedback loop given in through the words or through how it is that I'm able to hmm, express myself to you. Now, the Ten of pentacles is there a wall in between these two energies but you know what more so how is this relevant to my listener 
tuning into these universal waters to these conscious waters and tuning into my listener here thank you for being here tuning into you today my dear and using myself as the channel i want to say thank you for being present for offering a little a little slice of your time here and we're going to use our astrology cards to actually get um or forgive me actually the astrology cards will become more relevant when discussing how these cards are related to one another we're going to use my one and only um holly simple tarot deck we're going to get some other characters here and my intention here is to elucidate um elucidate how my listener and I at the medium um, as the medium of this experience how is this relevant to you where is where where is this conversation of the bitterness of the five of swords and these elements presenting themselves to me today what is the relevance to our collective here lovely so the son of cups has come out which is the knight of cups who is the jack of cups that we are talking about right now and that card is being shown with a rainbow bridge between each pentacle here with the three of pentacles so and there are two more cards that have come out but first i want to realize i want to emphasize this kind of this beckoning to a softer spirit there might be something that we're trying to accomplish right now, some type of project or goal, putting a vision into action, right? There's something that we're trying to accomplish right now because we see the fruit of our labor here. We, and it's, it's very purposeful, right? The call that we are experiencing right now is to soften ourselves to time, to soften ourselves to expectation of where we should be, relative to where we are and to infuse our practice to infuse our work with a little bit of play with a little bit of romance with a little bit more of a softer heart why why is that relevant now this question why might not really get you too far but i feel that our collective here has kind of struggled with some anxiety, mental anxiety especially. Um, we may have taken habits of mental anxiety and found a way to empower ourselves by maybe changing a little bit of the narrative of that mental anxiety, but still, you know, the root of it is some type of like need for control, need for control of our mental space, need for control of our um, um, time and action. So I'm getting the sense that also we do so because we fear, one, we fear not having control over our conscious, you know, uh, decision making or um, that space of, of awareness but to and I can't say particularly why but 
<sighs> There's a reluctance to dive into the water. There's a reluctance to get in the water out of fear or fear of not knowing, not knowing enough. There's a bit of hesitation. So I can see how in my own life this comes up with regards to podcasting, content creation. I almost believe that I have to have everything planned out. I need to know everything before I can even start talking about anything, before I can follow the flow of creating a video. Because truly why I do this is for the feeling, the words, the information, they are important, but that is more so for the mind. That is more so for the mental matrix. What I really love and what I really want to honor in this space with you is this space with you where we are communicating with one another on a much more subliminal level. And I want to take that word and use that as the anchor. It's subliminal. There's an ocean here that goes much deeper than what we can make out from how the light is, is touching the surface, you know, all the shapes and all the different creatures that we can see in full form. There's a much deeper and wider, more expansive ocean in which we are gathered, in which we play. And I feel that the, the message wanting to come through um, my voice and coming through my body right now is that we need to surrender time. We need to surrender to time. We need to let ourselves maybe drift a little bit. I'm seeing this, this image of like um, one dark waters and I'm seeing a flow and it's drifting off towards the left, which to me means that it's drifting deeper into that space of intuition, deeper into that space where the known and the knowledgeable starts to dissipate a little bit and you have to trust in a different form of awareness and i know that for a lot of us this is probably really scary this is a world that maybe we're not so familiar with um that we don't spend every day you know in deep deep meditation you know for most human beings the day-to-day -day is spent interacting with some type of very bright, bright and flashy cognitive energy, right? That takes your attention, that, that pulls your attention into that specific form of information. But even in just this moment, let's sit, let's sit here with our bodies and see how this feels to just release yourself from time. Let yourself be carried and held by your body. Who knows how to work with gravity? Who knows how to keep you upright and drifting and dancing like seaweed almost that's the feeling i'm having 
If you can feel closing your eyes, maybe feel the weight of the light that surrounds you. Are we running into problems in our conscious mind? Problems that we call anxiety, worry, anxious control. Are we running into problems there because we haven't let ourselves release and expand in our subconscious realm? Remember we talked about building a bridge between these two spaces. And whatever it is that you do, you can build the bridge. Activities that stereotypically look like this are activities that involve the sublime arts with some real world, and I don't mean real world, but I mean with some bright, present impact that is registered and known by the attention and by the mind's framework. Um, so these would be arts like art, um, painting, rhythmic movement, dancing, um, body work like yoga, tai chi, forms, different forms of yoga, tai chi, intentional exercise. This is also the creation of music, humming, singing, the use of instruments. This is organizing a table, cleaning and decorating your home. You know, I think we tend to look at all of these beautiful arts and activities we do that, to be honest, I mean, it's, it's anything that the human does, but it's just the fact that our attention doesn't allow it to be. So we tend, we tend to look at these things that we do, uh, like, like cleaning and decorating your home, for example. Perhaps we see that as a thing. A thing to do, a thing to do before you have people over, a thing to do when things start getting a little messy. But realize that all of these rituals, all of these actions that you have a hand in, that you are creating, they're, they're just that. They're opportunities of creation. There are moments of creation. There are moments where inspired by an essence of beauty or whatever we can call it, you are inspired by a soul essence to carry that inspiration, to, to carry that river onto shore in some way. 
to use that water in your clay making, to use that water in how it is that you mold your conscious life, your conscious reality. And I believe that the reason the Queen of Swords is such a big piece of this is because she is learning to lean more into her intuitive and to learn from the structures that surround her, not to almost, um, uh, not to completely surrender herself to them, but to learn from them, to be inspired by them, to follow her dark path, you know, the path that isn't lit, the path that cannot be discussed necessarily, the path that is private to her. And I don't want to paint this with completely rose-colored glasses. I will say that this is confusing. It won't always be as clear-cut as we might be expecting it. And it sometimes this path of water might lead us to feeling a little bit forgotten disoriented, apathetic, or misunderstood, as if we are misunderstanding something. But the beautiful thing about water is that you have so many directions to take that flow. There's so many ways in which you can Call in that soul essence, call in that love, call in that unspoken beauty, that unspoken admiration, right? Where your service can just be supplemented by true love or that, that, that love that gives without needing, you know, the validation or needing the recognition. So, um, I think this is going to be a learning lesson for your mind, for the space, for your mental space, because, well, um, a lot of repeats here. The King of Swords is not so willing to give up its, um, his, his reign, you know? I am seeing, so, okay, I heard betrayal, I don't want to go that deep and dark, but there might be a little bit of, you know, that coming up, take it how it resonates for you, but this could also be like self-neglect and self-betrayal, you know, um, that you're more willing to just move on, say your piece, and move on, not give a fuck about who you're hurting and or the impact that you're having because you're protecting your peace or whatever. Um, I don't particularly have any opinions about that, but that that's just what came out. So I'm going to get a little bit more specific with this guidance. We have a bridge that we're building, and I'm going to focus on this bridge because this bridge to me is growth. It is development. This is a rainbow bridge. So 
What are the three energies that are supporting us in this rainbow bridge relative to everything else that we've talked about here today? The three energies that are supporting this rainbow bridge. Yes, interesting. We have opposition. We have Uranus. And we have water. With the energy of the fixed energy on the bottom of the deck. Now, fixed energy is very um, con contrary to water. Fixed energy, although actually, you know, Scorpio um, is a fixed water sign. Scorpio is to represent the deepest depths of the ocean where there is no, um, it's not that there is no flow, but there is just such a concentration of um, intensity that there's not as much mutable side to side back and forth as there is maybe um at higher uh, uh um points of the ocean more closer to the surface so but the interesting thing here is that we have opposition um whereas the bridge that we're building you know is more of a trine it's more of a trine so it's telling me that right now we're in a little bit of a conflict stage i mean we all could have guessed that if based on the cards that are showing themselves here this is a conflict stage for you energies are not flowing together and they do not want to okay they do not want to somebody is going to have to take the l in this situation we have one and it might be relative to a romantic partner or some type of it's gonna it's gonna be emotionally um, uh, aff afflictive. It is going to be emotionally afflictive. So at this time, I also really want to um, please, please um, guide my listeners to not let yourself go down a deep, deep, dark abyss. I understand many of you might already be there, but just remember, whew, remember whatever tools you have um, for reminding yourself that it's not all worthless and it's not a zero-sum game and that even as crazy as you might feel clarity will clarity will come okay so the thing here is 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 this is a strong point of tension and Uranus is, I believe, a ruler of the tower energy, where one thing is going to drop and the whole structure might come falling apart. This might also be how we think about our emotional state right now or our mental state, right? It feels like, you know, we might have everything under control, but one little flick of the pin and... It's like, okay, really, I'm not as I'm not as stable as I thought I was, right? Potentially, because we have the moon. The moon can be a card of psychological trauma or turmoil, um, psycho like feeling very vulnerable, um, and in this case, it could be vulnerability to your own thoughts and your own impulsive actions. So I want to, you know, guide against. Um, uh, acting rashly, 
um, and to instead, you know, take your time, separate yourself from the um, uh, aggression, separate yourself from the aggravator, and come back to grounding yourself, come back to where, you know, the whole world potentially, however you tune the world out and tune back into yourself comes alive for you. So to build this bridge first, we have to kind of break up the foundation. To build this bridge, we have to... It, it almost feels like we have to like just stop right now and reassess a little bit. And I know it can be annoying, but I think it's it's part of the cycles that we have. Okay, stop, reassess. Is this really is this really authentic to me? Is this really what I wanted? Is this really what I want? And then you ask yourself that question and you tune into, oh, I have this feeling. This feels more like what I want. Mm, this is a little bit closer to what I was expecting, how I was expecting myself to feel. And then going from there. Okay? And, and don't beat yourself up about your feelings. All right, my dears, I love you. Thank you for tuning in, and I will catch you on the flip side.